Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hebrews. This table's wobbling. Hebrews chapter 11. One of my favourite passages of Scripture. Have we? We're going to get that up on the screen, hopefully. And uh, there it is. I want us to all read this together. We'll all read it, but it's great having it up there. So now faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. We'll go back to the start. Now, faith. I like that because it's like now. Right here, right now, faith. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes in an atmosphere like this under the preaching or the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Faith that you didn't have before can suddenly get into you. Faith that you thought, I don't have the faith to get, but faith can come in this atmosphere. And so that's why it says, now faith. It's like faith shows up. It wasn't there, but suddenly faith on the inside of you shows up. And faith is not nothing. Faith is something. Faith is a substance that you've got on the inside of you. Every single one of you have got faith on the inside of you. In fact, I was talking to a gentleman this morning that said he hadn't been to church for years, but he still believed in God. I just find that thought interesting. He hadn't been to church for years, but he, it's like the faith that he had, he may not have been in a place or an environment where his faith could be built, but he still had faith. The thing I love about church, when we all come together, my faith gets growing. My faith gets bigger. In this atmosphere, you can't help but have your faith start to grow. And it's like, suddenly you walk out of here going, I feel better. I'm feeling good. I think my voice just broke. I feel better. It did. Suddenly faith gets in the inside. So now faith. It is the substance. I've got to do my hands. It is the substance. It's the thing. It's the stuff. It's the substance. It's not nothing. It's something. I can feel it. It's a substance of the thing that I'm hoping for. It's the thing that the substance of the thing that I'm believing for. And so faith is a feeling. Another thought on faith in that from that passage is faith is a feeling of absolute confidence that the thing that I'm hoping for is gonna happen. So faith is a feeling. It's a feeling, I, get, I got feelings. Faith is a feeling of confidence. I feel like I'm gonna win. I feel like I'm gonna get through. I feel like, so it's not like it's, I'm saying that because it's not nothing. It's something. It's a feeling of absolute confidence. Who wakes up every morning and you just feel absolutely confident? So no hands just went up. That's why you need faith. Because we all struggle with that. So let's uh, go to Luke chapter 22. These are the foundational scriptures. I'm just going to read this out and then I'm going to talk about the story of Luke chapter 22, verse 54. I'll find it. Luke 22, verse 54. Having arrested him, Jesus they're talking about, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter 
followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him. Talking about Jesus Christ. So they're saying Peter was also with, with Christ. But he denied him saying, woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, you are, or you also are of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed saying, surely this fellow also was with him for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, his tone, his tone just went up. Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed and the Lord Jesus turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word, the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Um, when, when we were, Cindy and I were just dating, or I think it was our first year of marriage, could have actually even been after we'd had a couple of kids. I can't remember. I'm not good with timelines. And at the end of this message, she's going to say, you got all the timelines wrong. But that's why I do what I do and she does what she does. Anyway, and so don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. So anyway, uh, but she would have like uh, ideas on how certain events would, would, were going to take place. So we would uh, organise to take the family uh, to the park. And, and so before we went to the park, obviously she'd thought about uh, how that day was going to go. And obviously I hadn't really thought about how the day was going to go. I just knew that we were going to be attending the park that day. And so we would go to the park and whatever happened at the park would happen at the park. And it seemed like to me that it was a good day. And then we would get in the car at the end of those moments. And I'd, you know, I'd, I'd notice, I would sense, I would discern that something wasn't right with the person now sitting in the drive or the, next to me in the car. And so I, I learned to say like, you know, you're all good? And she'd be like, I'm all good. I'd be like, oh, you don't seem all good. She goes, well, it didn't really go how I planned it. I said, what didn't go how you planned it? She, and then she came up with this statement, I'll never forget this. She goes, it's just, it's, it's not how I imagined it. I was like, you imagined this beforehand? You like put forward thought into all of this? She's like, yeah, I had imagined, I had imagined that as a family, we would attend the park. The kids would, I don't know, like, dance through the park and hold hands and brother and sister just had a perfect relationship that you and I would sit maybe with a glass of champagne looking into each other's eyes and we would talk about our feelings and emotions. And I was just, is that what you imagined this day would be? And she's like, and so anyway, I, okay. It was never going to be that. But anyway, uh, so I learned as a young married man, I learned before we ever went somewhere in the future. So I learned... My wife, started, my wife started training me early. I learnt to ask her beforehand. I would say things like, on our way there, I'd be like, so, how did you imagine this moment going? <laughs> you know, like we're on our way to the movies or we're going out for dinner. I'd ask, and, so, and then she would obviously, oh, well, I'd kind of imagine that we would be doing this and talking. And rah, rah, rah. So then when we got there, guess what I would do? I would fulfill every desire, every imagination that she had. 
I thought it was pretty good. So that's like, I just thought, you know, anyway. But that statement, that statement, this is not how I had imagined it. And to me, the scenario with Peter, Peter is the most fiery, passionate God follower you would ever think to meet. He's got it all going. He has made statements to Christ. I mean, he was the guy that said to Christ, you are the Christ. Out of all the other disciples, when when Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? It was Peter that, I know who you are. You are the Christ. No one else knew that, but, but Peter knew it. Peter said things like to Christ, if you have to die, I will die with you. Let's kill ourselves now. You know, like he was gonna do everything. He was gonna do everything. And then this moment comes in the garden before Jesus is about to be arrested. Remember that they're Christians, right? Jesus, the disciples, they're all Christians. And, and the soldiers come into the garden to arrest Jesus. And Peter's ready for the battle. The good Christian brother is carrying a sword, <laughs> ready to kill someone. He's like, I don't know how that's Christian, but he's ready to like start killing people because he's just so passionate about serving Christ. He's like, all the others are gonna fail, but not me. All the others are gonna give up, but not me. I've got this sword of Jesus. I will be your right hand man. In fact, when you get to heaven, where will I sit? I'm thinking that I'll sit next to you. I'm thinking that I will be at your right. You know, it's like, that's Peter's mindset and all these little moments. So Peter in the garden, like he's, he's set up. Now just remember this too. Most of the disciples were teenagers. Peter, possibly about, they, well, there's a scripture that talked about he had to pay the temple tax and you only paid the temple tax after about 20 years of age. So they reckon that Peter was obviously around 20, 21 years old. So it's, it's understandable this 21 year old guy is like, I'm in. I'm doing like, whatever happens, I'm ready for it. I'm gone, Jesus, I got my sword, let's fight. You know, like he's there. And so the so soldiers come in and the soldiers come and they grab Jesus and they're like, you know, Judas gives Jesus the kiss and they come around and Peter's like, I don't know, they, they wear skirts in those days. He must have lifted up his skirt, pulled his sword out and he's just walked over to the first soldier he could find. And I'm off, with, I, don't, I don't think he was aiming for his ear. He's aiming for the head. Like I'm, he's just all out. And Jesus like, Peter, Peter, whoa, whoa, dude, calm down. Like put the sword away. You know, like what's going on? Peter's like, you know, gets this, picks up the guy's ear off the ground. Sorry, mate, like that it wasn't meant to happen. I didn't know that he was gonna do that. And, and so Peter's like, all right, all right, all right. It's all, it's all good, it's all good. It's all good, like I'm ready. I've imagined this. I've imagined cutting that guy's ear. I've imagined all of this. It's all good. And then they take Jesus and it kind of starts to take a turn. They arrest him and he's in front of Pilate. And then it's, you know, just suddenly now it's not how he had imagined it. Suddenly now it's like the atmosphere has changed. Now comes the testing of his faith. Now comes the pressure. And you're only gonna find out how you're gonna respond when you come under pressure. That's when you find out what it is that you've really got on the inside of you until you come under some form of pressure in life, you never really know. It's only when you get under that under pressure. So Peter's now under pressure. 
Suddenly now they've taken Jesus and Jesus is doing nothing about it. He's letting them take Him. And He's rebuking Peter. Don't get all angry here. This is what's meant to be. And so in this moment, this little girl comes up to Peter. You're you're one of them. No, I'm not. I don't think he'd ever imagined that that would be the words from a little girl. He'd never seen it. Imagine that's that's how I'll respond from this little girl. No, I'm not. And then another person, no, I am not. And then another person, no, I'm not. And then... And then, I don't know what's worse, like you've just denied Christ three times in a row, which you never thought you'd do. And then the rooster's crowed. The words of the Lord that had spoken to you before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times, have suddenly come. And then at the same time, You've got Jesus who's obviously been led away somewhere looking back at him, making eye contact. And his, his, his uh, response is to run and to weep bitterly. And you know, the, the reality is, I think we've all been there. When suddenly something happened and we didn't respond how we thought we'd respond in that moment. We'd always imagine that when, when my moment comes, I'm going to respond so faithfully, so courageously. Nothing's going to rock me. You know, the, the Bible says that uh, the strategies or the wiles, wiles means strategies, the strategies of the devil. Like laying the perfect trap, specially designed just for you. That's your moment. It's awesome when we read the Bible because when we read the Bible, we know the end of the story. We know that in the end, Peter got his act together and it kind of got figured out. But let me say this, but when your moment comes, you don't know how it's going to end. The only person that has any say in that is you. Faith is the substance of the thing that you're hoping for. That's when you need faith. You need faith when all hell breaks loose. You need faith when life takes a turn. That's, when, that's why it says, now faith. It's like an answer to the problem. It's like, there's your problem, but now faith got involved. It's like I was heading this way, life was taking me down this path, but now faith got involved and it turned me back around again. I was going in life too, but now faith. That's why I got us to honour my, because it's like at that age, you know, mum gets the breast cancer and it's like, any, they could have gone, it's time for us to pull back. But I go, but now faith. But now faith got involved. And faith is that feeling like, oh, I'm going to stir something up on the inside of me here. In fact, Paul says to Timothy, stir up the gift that is in you. No one else can do that for you. You've got to stir it up yourself. So Peter didn't act like he'd imagined he would in the moment. And he goes, but he's still a leader, you know, like, so he says to the other disciples, guys, this has not at all gone how I'd planned it. And I didn't imagine any of this. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go back fishing. That was his job before following Christ. I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing before all of this took place. And I know he's such a, maybe a charismatic leader type that all the other disciples go, oh, we'll come with you. So they all follow Peter. It says they go, 
get the boat, they get back in the boat, they go out fishing. It says they fish all night. Catch nothing. I just, that fascinates me because like they've just been there. They've seen Christ taken. They've seen the whole thing go down. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm putting myself in that picture. Like, so what's Peter thinking about in the boat? What's the conversation in the boat? What are the words they're saying to one another in the boat? Are they saying anything? Just sitting in that boat. <laughs> Just staring at the bottom of the boat. No wonder they caught nothing. Just so depressed and just let it, the, the whole thing just on top of them. I don't know what to do. Anyway, then uh, suddenly someone appears on the beach. And they're like looking at the bit. Is that, that looks like him. Kind of got the same body shape as him. Peter says to John, is that the Lord? And John's like, I think it is. And then he yells out from the beach, how is the fishing boys? And they go, terrible, we caught nothing. He goes, cast your net on the other side of the boat. Must be him because he always told us to do crazy things. And so they do it. They put their net on the other side of the boat and suddenly they can't pull this net up. It's like Jesus got back involved. Faith connects you with your destiny. Faith is the currency of heaven. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. How do you, how do you stir your faith up? You seek God. You spend some moments with Him and suddenly you'll find your faith starts to rise again. But without it. So he's on the beach and he's put your net on the other side and they take up the thing. Suddenly they can't pull the thing up and they pull the fish onto the boat. And then they're like, I don't know what, blowing in the sail maybe. Trying to get back to the, or they're rowing, get back to the thing. And then like, I don't know, they're like a hundred metres out, but it's a bit shallow, but they're, they're some distance away from the beach. And Peter... He's, he's kind of back to his old self. He's got excited again about life. And so he's like, you think it's him, John? John's like, I think so. Just chill, Peter, chill. It says that Peter takes off his thing and girds up his... <laughs> and then he jumps out of the boat. And he's like, <laughs> he's got his gown thing and he's swimming through the water. They were just in the boat, but now Peter's swimming through the water and he's bubbling. I've got to get back to Jesus. And he's like, gets up on the thing. He's like, it is him. It's Jesus. He's back. He's back. And Peter's all excited. And Jesus is like, calm. It says they cook some fish. It says that Peter goes to the boat, gets the net of 153 fish and pulls the 153 fish up by himself. It's like, I'm back to my, you know, it's like, I just wondered now though, is he, like what's happened to him? Like what's he trying to do now to get, is he feeling like he's got to get God's acceptance back into his life? Because he is well aware of that moment not so long ago when he, when he felt like he let God down. And so now he's working. I was the first out of the boat again. And I was the first to pull the, I pulled the net up on my own. None of the others did. I did that. 
And now he's sitting at the fire like, and Jesus is just like ignoring the elephant in the room. Let's not talk about it. And Peter's like, so am I, am I good? Am I okay? Are we good? So let's just eat some fish. And then it's like in the middle of all of that, everyone's listening. I finish eating, all calm. I finish eating. And Jesus goes, Simon. Ooh, imagine hearing your name. But remember though, his name was Peter. Because Jesus had changed his name to Peter, which means rock. Unmovable. Simon means uh, wavy, like a reed that is wavy in the wind. So when he got his name changed, he got his name changed from wavy to rock. Now he's getting addressed again back to Simon. In front of everyone, all the other disciples, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He goes, Lord, you know I do. I've got to check my notes. He says, feed my lambs. Simon, second time, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He's pointing to all the other disciples. He goes, Lord. It's like, Lord, you know. You know I do. He's so upset with himself. He goes, tend my sheep. Third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And then at that point it says that he was grieved, grieved in his spirit, grieved in his heart. He's like, Lord, you know I do. He says, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep, feed the lambs, Tend the sheep, feed the sheep. Feed the lambs, tend the sheep, feed the sheep. Feed, tend, feed. Feed, tend, feed. Feed, tend, feed. Feed, tend, feed. This is what I want you to do. Feed, tend, feed. Feed, tend, feed. Feed, tend, feed. Feed, tend, feed. That's, that's like the word to his future. This is what you're going to do now for the rest of you. You're going to feed, you're going to tend, you're going to feed. You're going to feed, you're going to tend, you're going to feed. You're going to rock up, you're going to show up, you're going to be there, you're going to feed, you're going to tend, you're going to feed. You're not going to stop because greater is he that lives in you than he that lives in the world. you got the ability. But how are you going to do that? How are you going to... How are you going to rock up here every week? How are you going to keep showing up? How are you going to keep serving God when, when you didn't react and some, now there's this like deep thing on the inside of you? Three times He denied Christ. Three times Christ asks Him, do you love me? And He's like, Lord, you know that I do. Can we all stand on our feet tonight? I've left some time for myself here because I'm talking about a topic that you can hear a message on, hear a sermon on, but it may not give you the substance that you need on the inside of you to get you through that next season that you're talking about. 
The power of God is in this room right now. The same faith that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in this room right now. How do I know that? Because that faith is alive in you. You've got the same faith. When Paul said to Timothy, it was in your grandmother. It was in your mother. And now I see it in you. Every one of you have got the same faith. On the, maybe, maybe you're the first generation of faith here. You're the first one of your family to give your heart to Christ. Think of the next generation that you're going to impact because the faith that is now alive in you, what are you going to, what are you going to pass on to your kids? And pass? That's why I love seeing all these youth up the front here. There's that next generation serving God, jumping because there is a faith on the inside of them. Maybe the faith of this couple here, Tony and Kath on the front row, maybe the faith that's in them is going to get into these guys. It's already in them. You can see it. That same faith is the same faith that Peter needed to get back on his feet. And one encounter with Jesus will get you back on your feet again. I'm believing tonight for a supernatural experience for you. That something is gonna shift in your, you're gonna leave this night feeling different. Something's gonna shift. Maybe you've put down your walk of faith and you've been just like coasting along. And you've kind of felt like, well, maybe that's it. Maybe that's my, that's my lot. I've done my part. No, 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 no. There is a destiny and there is a future for you. And faith is the thing that connects you to that destiny and connects you to that future. So you got this young 21-year-old guy. And that just amazes, because I just imagine, when I think of Peter, the apostle, I think, I just imagine an old guy with a white beard. Like all Bible characters, I just imagine old people with white beards. I don't know why, but like, I just, but he wasn't. He's just this young guy that had spent some time with Jesus and had dreamed a dream. And when he felt like, how is this, how is this even going to happen? In that moment, Jesus restores him. But he had to deal with the issue. He had to go right back into the place and ask because uh, Peter's thought was, maybe, I've, maybe I don't love him like I thought I did. And so Jesus' uh, uh, question is very direct. Do you love him? Do you love Him? And in that moment, something went click. I mean, it was kind of uncomfortable, but something shifted in Peter's heart. And the Bible says that uh, after they'd been in Jerusalem for some days, on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, It says that Peter stood up from a lost, broken, disappointed, upset with himself, upset with his life, upset with the reality, the decisions that he'd made. From that place, that's exactly where Jesus met him. And from that place, from that very place is the very place that he stood up from. You see, we think that 
when life kind of, be, what happens to us is it's like we end up closing up. We end up pulling back. We end up trying to retreat back to our old way, our old way of maybe the old way is safer. And as a result, we, we move back. You're never gonna save the world by having that kind of posture. Jesus showed us how we're gonna save the world and it's like this. It's arms wide open, it's heart wide open. It's dealing with those issues in our life so that on the day of Pentecost, like Peter, when it had fully come, he stood up. I'm telling you tonight, there is a power in this room that can get you to stand back up again, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through. I'm believing tonight for the miracle working power of God in this place, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. He has not changed, not one bit, not one iota. If He can raise Himself, or God can raise Him from the dead, the same faith, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in you. The Bible says, whatever, Whatever is born of God overcomes this world and the victory that we have is our faith in a place, in a moment like this. You've got faith that can cause a mountain to move. You've got faith that can bring a giant down. You've got faith that can raise a dead person. You've got faith that can say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart, that kind of faith can stir up. That faith can build a church. That faith can say to the gates of hell, no more. That kind of faith can move mountains in Jesus' mighty Name. I'm thanking you Lord here tonight for a great power, God of your Spirit to move in this house. Lord, move in our midst, in Jesus' Name. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 